recording. All right, so we're clapping on four. Are we ready? Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four. All right, that works. We're uh, we're live now. We're on the air. Uh, oh man, this is the last episode of the year. Holy yeah. shit! What a, what a time I to know. be alive. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, did you guys have any New Year's resolutions that you guys uh, were planning on making? Mm. Nah, dude. I don't do. You those. know what I think? I think New Year's resolutions are gonna die pretty soon. You know, because I feel like every year we, like, tell ourselves we're going to do this one thing. And I think most of the time it either doesn't happen or we try to make it happen in the first few months. And then it just – we just keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like, re New Year's resolutions is a trend. You know what I'm saying? No, definitely, definitely. Like, what was your – Yeah, uh -huh. I mean – What was yours last year? Do you even remember, Anthony? My New Year's resolution last year was to try and stay ahead okay. of schedule for as much of the year uh -huh. as possible. And then three months in, I found myself in the middle of a yeah. pandemic. So that right. went out the window. Yeah. I don't know if... Well, okay. What's up? Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did have one New Year's resolution or something that I wanted to work on with my friend uh, was to uh, be better about drinking and driving. Um, I mean, like, to not do it at all, Better. like, not drink anything and drive. Right, I feel you. Um, so I guess I did accomplish that this year because <laughs> you can't <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, honest, honestly, I don't uh, think this year I don't think we'll do any. I don't think I'll do any. Do, will you? Do you have one, Anthony? Do you have a New Year's resolution? Uh, I'm trying no. to take whatever I did this year as far as like things that were productive and I'm trying to double it next year. Okay. Nice. Because I feel like there I had so much extra time this year that I didn't use properly that it's kind of a shame. Yeah, I feel that. Like and, what? You know, I really th I was really <laughs> thinking about that last oh. night. Interesting. Uh I'm going to be real focused on um surviving as a new mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh unemployed for now i mean i gotta figure that all out again too can i say this when i when i uh when i found out on social media i was i was floored i was so excited dude it was like it came out of nowhere but it was like some fucking great news i couldn't believe it dude it was so awesome like i felt i like very rarely do i feel like such empathy and like happiness for people but yeah that was definitely a moment for me you're gonna make me cry <laughs> i uh yeah no obviously it floored me too it's it's so funny because i still to this day i'm like all those times i thought maybe i was pregnant feel felt more real than it does now now that i actually am um but then you know i eat like the smallest amount and i'm full up to my freaking jaw and i'm like constantly just like don't throw up don't do it <laughs> so i'm like oh yeah there's a baby in there so <laughs> Real. That's that must be such a. I mean, mother. I mean, you know, parenthood is. Uh, it changes people. That's what I've heard. Perspective. Um, have you noticed any any changes? I mean, other than physically, of course. <laughs> uh, my mindset is different. Like some of the things uh, that have been presented to me since finding out I've been pregnant, I've been able to um, deal with a little bit easier than I think I would if I wasn't pregnant. Like the stakes are higher now for me. Um, I definitely think I'm more patient, um, but also more irritable at the same time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this just this whole year has changed so much, so it's hard to like decipher what is like pregnancy changes and mindset changes that aren't having to do with the fact that we're in a freaking pandemic right now. So, for real. And as far as patience goes, I mean, I could probably vouch for you. There are many a moment back in the day where. <laughs> Just some of the things that, that, that young Anthony would do and say were, were required patience. I, I, don't, I don't know if uh, during She Kills Monsters counts because I was like very much in character throughout that. And Mark Inglehorn <laughs> was uh, driving me nuts 
I hope he's going to listen to this too. I love you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's enough of the uh, the intro. Let's cut to the show. Cue the intro music. Welcome one, welcome all to another installment of the 1st and the 15th. My name is Anthony Barrera. I am your host. Coming in from a remote, undisclosed location is my co-host, Mr. Jaime Virgen. What's up? I actually got one quick question. Did cookies and cream come first or Oreo? <laughs> anyway, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Jaime with the riddle for the ages Bro. to open it up. I love it. We have a very powerful guest alert here on the show today. One of the most talented human beings I've ever had a pleasure to work with. Actor extraordinaire and soon-to-be mother, Nicole Moon. Nikki, how you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm good. You're going to fucking make me cry on this show. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too fucking nice. I'm so stoked to be here. I didn't think uh, I'd ever get asked. So, hair flip. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. Asking people is one of the most anxiety-inducing parts of making this podcast. Really? Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I literally have to reach out to people that I may not have talked to for, like, over, like, years. And be like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Hope everything is all right. By the way, you down to come on the show? Oh, no. I'm so stoked. I, like, saw it in my inbox and I was like, oh, damn, do I want to do that? Yeah, I do. And then I've just, this whole year has been like me not wanting to really do anything, to be honest. So I'm glad that I said yes. Absolutely. And we're glad to have you. Um, so let's talk about it, really. Uh, you've been in the arts for uh, a while now. What were some of the first steps that you took? Uh, like, what were some of those moments like? Well, um, I've been, I guess, I've been doing theater, like, not professionally, but in a professional setting since 2006. Um, I think I was 12. <laughs> mm. um, and my dad, I think he just, you know, I would do school plays and stuff, and he just saw how, like, much I loved it. And he was like, well, let's get her, let's get him into, like, real theater. Let's do it. So I started here at Aerial Theater um, in Salinas uh, Children's Theater and uh, did this little show called 12 Dancing Princesses and had the time of my life. <laughs> And then it just kind of like skyrocketed from there. And even when I got into college, I wasn't, I wasn't doing theater. I was doing music. I was a music major and I walked into a footloose rehearsal and Jeff McGrath uh, shooed me out (laughs) and was like, come see the show. And then I somehow started looking into doing theater classes and then that, you know, one thing led to another and, uh, what, 10 plus years later. So still doing right. It. So you're an act actor first. Like I was a musician first, technically. Uh-huh. Um, cool. I just did theater because you know my dad was like, "Oh, you guys are gonna do this show," and we were like, "Okay," and I loved it. But I always saw myself going to school for music. Mm, honestly, interesting. And what kind of influences did you have uh, musically? Um, my dad, uh, for sure. He was a music teacher at the little uh, private school that we uh that I grew up in and um he I mean I wanted to play my sister was playing cello and I was like I want to play cello and um I was too small (laughs) so my dad was like play the violin so I started learning the violin in third grade and um it just like went off from there excuse me and um every summer I learned a new instrument (laughs) so oh wow yeah I, I've lived 26 years on this uh, planet. I still can't play mm-hmm. one. That's Same. insane that you were able to master one every summer. <laughs> uh, it was fun. I I play none of them now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My dad asks me to sometimes uh, fill in for little the little school band, but um, I didn't do it this year because of the pandemic, and I didn't want to be surrounded by a bunch of nasty children. Mm. 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 Those nasty children. <laughs> So let's own. move it uh, forward. You're you're trying to be a musician. You're going to study music, and then you fall into theater, and you 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 find a love that that just couldn't let you leave. 
what was the first audition like when like you took the first steps towards like this is what something that I want to try out oh my gosh um well at Ariel Theater they made us do auditions in like a circle and oh, here's my cat fucking shit up already mm-hmm. can you maybe not do that dude thanks um uh yeah so they had us audition in a circle so we would all and audition in front of each other which was it's like insane to think about now like now you know at the western stage when we do auditions even at pack rep like you can hear people but no like we had like to look people in the eyeballs and (laughs) do an audition and it was nerve-wracking and in a way i'm kind of really grateful for that because it made auditioning for three people a lot less nerve-wracking oh i'm sure Um, definitely but i'm trying to think oh sorry go ahead I was going to say, that must be kind of uh, a difficult environment to be in because not only do you have to audition for, like, the people that are going to ultimately select which role you might get, you also have to audition in front of the people that are, at that moment, your competition. Mm. Yeah, and you're, like, listening to everyone. You're like, oh, they're going to get a role. Mm. Oh, yeah, they're going to get the lead. You know, and, like... Wow. Oh, man. And then you're, like, listening to these people that are way better than you and have been... I mean, and at the time, I was I was auditioning with kids who had been doing Ariel for years, you know, since they were little, so... Are, are, gonna add, are were um, you intimidated at all? Oh, hell yeah. But it's so funny because I've always been told that my, um, my nervousness and my, I guess, in a sense, shyness, if that's even a word, um came off as bitchiness mm. so everyone thought i was like really mean oh, no. um which i'm sure like uh probably more anthony <laughs> i don't i don't i don't really remember how i met you uh jaime but I, I i know that i come off as a bitch and i try really hard not to but it's it's really just mostly anxiety mm. yeah i think we <laughs> i wonder why people make that connection that's such a weird connection to make that just because this person isn't going around and like being an extrovert and talking to a bunch of people mm-hmm. and being super friendly that they're somehow a bad person or think they're better than everyone. Like, yeah. I don't see that. I don't see how that connection gets made. I definitely go. I'm, I'm either, or I'm either like quiet or I'm just like in your face. So <laughs> can you stop messing the shit? Go away. Sorry. <laughs> um, are there any moments throughout your time in theater that hold like an emotional weight, something that really sticks out as like, a pivotal moment for you um probably uh, let's see i i got cast in joseph and the technicolor dreamcoat at aerial theater they had just started um their like teen program and i got cast as the narrator and that was a show that i had um watched over and over and over and over again the donny osmond version <laughs> as a kid <laughs> and um I mean, me and my siblings knew all the words. We knew the dance moves. We would act it out. And the narrator was so fun and was in every scene, you know, and sang everything. She sang, like, the whole show. And I was stoked. And we split the role um, because we were all still very young. And it was it's a really heavy role. So I, I split the role yeah. with this girl named Lauren. And um, it wasn't anything like the Donny Osmond movie. <laughs> we <laughs> were separated from the cast uh, most of the time, it was mostly me, the other narrator, and Joseph, the kid um, who played Joseph. His name's Ethan, and um, and I hated it. I remember being like, "Oh man, I don't ever want to be cast as a lead again." Like, I don't have to spend time with anybody. Which was like the whole reason I loved doing theater was because of you know social social settings and you know getting to like hang out with all your friends and everything. And I remember that being really really sad, but. Um, then uh so that was that was like really exciting for me because it was a lead role and a role that I had watched my entire life um and then the first show I got the first musical I got cast in at the western stage was like I can literally remember the way I felt where I was the smell of the room <clears throat> um Maria Elena had called me and some, somebody had dropped out of the show an ensemble member and uh, they called me and asked me if I wanted to be in the ensemble for Ooh. curtains. And How was that, dude? <laughs> I, I we had, we had just shampooed the carpets in my in my parents' living room, 
and uh, I remember getting the call. Like, I don't know if my phone was like charging on the wall or even if I had a cell phone. I don't even remember, to be honest. It may have been the, been the house phone, the landline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember her, you know, kind of, you know, in her Maria Elena way, just kind of being like, we want you to do this role. Um, or be in the show, you know, and I was like screaming. I was just like so excited. And, uh, I remember just like laying on the wet carpet and just crying and being so stoked (laughs) that I got cast as ensemble in this show that everyone ended up hating. No one likes that show. Like no one had a great experience in that show except for me. (laughs) I was so happy. Good lord! <laughs> so those are pretty um, pivotal. So uh, that's a, that's an interesting trend, uh, kind of segue you have there, being part of a show that no one is like messing with. What does that do to an actor, like while they're in it, like knowing you're in the middle of the shit? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. I was so I had like these like what are they called rose rose tinted glasses or whatever. True. I was so enthralled and so happy, and I I was in the show with some of my best friends, and so um, I was I was on cloud nine. I had I, you know, I really had no idea that there was anything. I remember there being like dramatic moments during rehearsals where like um, one of the leads like threw his shoe at uh, Alex. Um, in the back on the, in the wings mm. and <laughs> Alex Bush. And mm. I just remember like being yelled at for having my script on a table. Like it was like by actors, you know, and it was like, there was like crazy things that were happening, but I was just like, this is theater. Like that's, <laughs> that's what it is. You know, I oh, didn't yeah. think anything <laughs> different. I was just like, Oh, you know, those divas, you know, <laughs> I had no idea that that was, that normal. was something that I had to kind of get accustomed to when I first started, you know, really like trying to do theater. It was like, there are these rules like, these rules that, like, no one really ever, like, takes the time to explain all of them to you. You kind of figure them out as you go along. Like, leaving your script on the prop table, big no-no. Touching the prop table, big no-no. Yeah. (laughs) What are some other ones, Jaime? There was, like, a big uh, thing with, like, guns. Like, actors weren't allowed to touch guns or weapons. Um, Even, like, myself, I had to be careful, like, backstage. There was, like, someone assigned to that kind of stuff. Um, probably like jumping off the stage if you know mm. like that kind of stuff for safety Um, I think it's just a lot of safety stuff but I think there's some weird yeah some weird kind of people if you've been in theater for a long time I think some sometimes actors though like want to have their way like specifically and like don't touch this thing it's going to be right here because I'm going to come and pick it up and mm. this and that and you know but oh man when i first started i would ask um someone from the show before every performance i remember to that. slap me as hard as they could because that's how uh, one of my favorite nfl players would get ready for his games <laughs> they would just start slapping him Pump across him the face and he would just stand there and take and i was like oh that's the coolest shit ever like that's what uh, i gotta do to get hyped for the show and i remember this one time one of the uh, the actors that I had asked to slap me hit me with the palm of her hand across my temple and gave me a concussion. Who was that? Like, 15 minutes. It was in high school. Oh. Um, I'm not going to say the, her name because, you know. She might be listening. Oh, wow. uh, but, yeah, she, uh, she gave me a concussion 15 minutes before the show started. And somehow I managed to make it through. <laughs> he's so stupid it was after it was that like a, no yeah. more slaps it was like Stop a routine the slaps you know after that it was like let's go let's get ready and then you know i think i did it probably once or twice to you that i can remember yeah just I'm sure to like you get you ready i had i had a friend who would um somebody i think jeff hire had told him that like he was like telling him like you gotta you gotta just put everything right here like on your forehead you just gotta bring everything right here <laughs> And he's like, even if you gotta like, you know, hit your hit your forehead a little bit to get to get there, you know, you just you gotta bring everything right here. Something like that. I don't remember exactly what he told him, but then I would always find him backstage, like hitting his head on the wall. And I was like, What are you doing? And then he would go on stage and he'd just have this little red dot. Oh my on his god, that's forehead. what that was? And I was like I Do you know who I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs> Vincent Eclavea? And I was like, you guys stop doing that, man. Yeah, I remember seeing him. I've seen him in a few shows, and I worked with him in a few shows. And I do, because he's a like very light-complected guy. And so you can see mm-hmm. on his forehead, there was these <laughs> red dots. Like, when he would get up on stage mm-hmm. sometimes, 
because I could see I was working backstage sometimes and I could see like him come off too and he would just you know but I would never physically see him do that but that's so fu- yeah I, that's so funny yeah you know what those are those are ruptured capillaries in the man's <laughs> oh. forehead from blunt oh. force trauma being applied I was like I don't know if it's doing any any good dude you gotta you gotta stop my my thing is is I was I was poop before a show that's funny <laughs> oh, that's good like a nervous poop I can't help it yeah exactly honestly better to get it over with before the show than have one creep up on you like during intermission or something it's so funny because um what was it oh i was gonna i'm just like thinking about men on boats and what that was like that's the was that the last show i did i think that's the last show i did before the pandemic but um uh oh shit i forgot what i was gonna say men on on boats yeah there was like two thoughts about it about pooping people hurting themselves in order to achieve oh. some sort of enlightenment <laughs> about poops yes. um poops. so <laughs> i you know i had my arms stuffed in my pants the whole show because i was a one-armed man oh. so once i got dressed i was dressed for the show like there was no way i had time to take off my clothes and um intermission would go by so fast and most of the time i was just you know backstage running my lines because those fucking scenes were so hard they were so hard um and uh yeah if i had to go to the bathroom i just had to fucking hold it and it was like even worse because oh there was a lot of water sound mm. in the show oh we're, no we're on a river so that was pretty rough <clears throat> but also great at the same time but once you're on stage sometimes i feel like i mean in my opinion like in my experience like when i'm on stage like pff, nothing else is going unless i see somebody in the oh, stage yeah. and i get out of character or, you know but most of the time, I'm like, you know, my if my back could be hurting so bad before I go on stage, and when I'm on stage, unless my character's back is hurting, I'm fine. <laughs> I can say that there's only really been one moment um, throughout, like, any time I've been on stage where, like, I've broken character and, like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm a guy here standing on stage. Uh, yeah. um, it was in high school. We were doing this show set in, like, the 1920s. And I had to run out there. I was like a firefighter and I had to yell out, help me save these people. Um, I ran out on stage and yelled, dude, come help me save these people. <laughs> instantly regretted it. Like my face instantly flushed, blushing hella hard. I got like pounds of makeup on. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Everyone caught it too. And we did not stop giving you Every, shit yeah. for it. Oh my god, so good! And like, how do you fix that? Do you start pretending you're a cowboy? Like, what do you? What do you, you just do? keep going, and hopefully, no one like. <laughs> What's worse is the way the show is formatted. I had to freeze in position, oh, and stand there. So right yeah. after yelling out, "Dude," I have to freeze and oh, just hold. That's worse because I was gonna say it's kind of like. You know, you drop something on stage, pick it up right away. Otherwise, they're going to be staring at it. So if you if you focus on that mistake you just made, I feel like it's the same rule. Just pick it up, keep going, because everyone's going to focus on that. Because if you're focusing on it, then, you know, they're definitely focusing mm-hmm. on it. That's hard. For real. Uh, is there any advice that you would give to someone who's listening right now that maybe is thinking about trying to go out for an audition? Any advice? Well, right now... Um... I mean, yeah, obviously once the world opens up and... Do it at home. Uh, let's see. What, uh, auditions. Honestly, I really hate auditioning. And I don't know if I've just blocked it out, but I feel like I haven't even auditioned that much. Um, which sounds kind they of... They just pick you? They're um, just like, we want we want her. Get I'm her. S- I'm so wonderful. Call her. Um, no, I think, <laughs> I think more recently in the last few years, I've been auditioning for more specific roles. Because before I was just very much like, give me anything, please, Lord, I want to be in the show. Um, <laughs> and like when I started auditioning, I think, um, I mean, I auditioned for some specific roles at Western Stage, but most of the time I was very much like, any lead, please, like, I'll, I'll take it, you know, and then got cast as ensemble anyway until um, recently. But um, like when I auditioned for Heather's, um, I really didn't fucking expect to get cast as one of the leads. Like, <laughs> um, And I think... The biggest thing for me that has worked out in my benefit is I'm very much a last person, person, last minute, sorry, last minute person, (laughs) Um, a last person, person, Um, a last minute person. And so like my preparation for anything is like uh, calling in sick, (laughs) like just kidding, I can't do it. Um, 
Yeah, because I did not prepare. Um, so I, I just recently got cast as Fiona and Shrek. Um, well, Good for you. last year. Okay. <laughs> so um, that was supposed to happen this summer, but it should be happening this next summer. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but I prepared, you know, like I, Justin Godoin and my roommate Sarah Horn helped me um, really prepare and I just pushed myself to really try and to be honest like even auditioning like I auditioning like it felt a thrill like I I nailed the song you know I I nailed the the um the scenes and then it was just like oh I'm still not gonna get it you know I don't tap dance or that girl tap dance better than me or you know this person's been doing this longer than me so they're gonna get it and then I got the, I got uh Stephen Moore actually texted me and was like um yeah, don't tell anybody yet, but I want you to be Fiona. And I was like, shit. And I was like freaking hey. out. I was so ecstatic. We threw the musical on right away on the TV. Uh, we poured ourselves glasses oh of wine. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So really my advice is prepare. Just fucking prepare. And, and also, like, not... I mean, just, it's so hard because you get your expectations up and you really, really, really want to get it. And then when other people get it, you're so disappointed. And I just think it's like, just prepare, go in with a good attitude and, you know, just try not to leave disappointed if you don't get the role, you know, because it's so hard. It's so hard because there's so much drama and so much um, anxiety that revolves around auditioning. And I have been in the same room as some of the the other people who have auditioned for roles that I've auditioned for and we're all getting we're starting to get emails and stuff and it's like when are we mm. going to get it and do I want to be around these people when you know I get the call like cuz you really you 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 see their disappointment or you you know you feel disappointed or whatever it is and um it's really hard and you just have to one prepare for the audition prepare like your life depends on it <laughs> um know it forward and backward and then um be patient, distract yourself um, once they start calling, you know, um, and then be happy for whoever gets the role, um, wh whether it be you or whoever else. Um, just remember that other people are in the same position as you and they're ecstatic. And this is the role that they've always wanted too. you know, it's not just mm -hmm. you, you know, like I've had people be like, well, you don't understand this role was made for me. I'm like, and a thousand other people oh, wow. like, Oh wow. Yeah. So it's, it's hard because you really do, you know, you connect with these characters and you really want to be in those, you know, those roles. And, um, but you know, at, at the end of the day for me, this is something I do for fun. And, um, I love it. I love it. It's my hobby, and I want it to always be that. I don't want to ever depend on it to pay my bills. Um, you know, I say I say that now, but if I'm famous, I won't. <laughs> if you ever get that check coming in, <laughs> oh, yeah, a different story. I won't turn it down. But you know what I mean? Like I don't want to. I don't want it to depend on it like so much that it it, it my happiness depends mm. on it. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to touch on something um, that you said a minute ago. Um, where you're talking about, like, you wanted to be ensemble for a while, and then, like, you finally started getting, like, those lead roles. Do you think that comes with time working at a theater oh, or man. working in close proximity with the decision makers? Um, to be honest, like, I didn't become... So, okay, well, I, I got a lead. My first lead was the narrator role um, that wasn't, like, a school play. I say I don't really count my school plays, to be honest, just because my school was so small. <laughs> so yeah. very slow like it's like literally two people in my graduating tech. class uh -huh. yeah so i i mean some of the shows were you know bigger and better and i definitely deserve the roles but um i start really counting my shows when i started doing theater outside of my school <laughs> um <laughs> so when i got cast as the narrator you know um i had only done it a couple shows at ariel i'd only done ensemble for 12 dancing princesses and narnia um, which everyone and their mom did. Um, and so that, that for me didn't really have anything to do with who I knew, um, or how close I was with them. And even to be honest, aside from two by four bash, I wasn't really getting lead roles in any of like the main shows, um, until drowsy chaperone, I think was the first lead role I had on a main stage. Um, and I mean, before that was like here and there, I had a few lines on the, in the studio, but, uh, cool. um, 
because that leads to my next point. I want to kind of dispel that myth that just because you're friends with like someone who's in charge of casting or something that that gives you any type of edge. Yeah. Um, when they're trying to make their decision. Yeah. No. I mean, even uh, I didn't even really become close with John Sullivan until um, probably Drowsy Chaperone, and I was working at Alvarado, so we had shit to talk about. You know, we we like we both were interested in beer. And he made beer, so he was on a completely different level than me. And sometimes oh, wow. I was like, he would like talk to me about beer, and I'd be like, uh, yeah, it delicious, <laughs> you know. Oh, um, but you no, know, he's he's super cool. He, I mean, he just moved from here, but he was living just down the street from me. So even during the pandemic, he was like, I have beer for you, like come get it. And then I got pregnant. So, oh, um, but we still took oh, it. Real quick, <laughs> shout out to John. I heard he uh, he retired yeah. recently, yeah. right? You know what? Uh, yeah. uh, sorry to cut in on that. What's a funny story is that no, my great grandmother lives right in front of his house. Like they share the same like, like property. Oh, so it's is it your grandma's house the, then technically that he rents from? Well, I don't know. I don't know what their situation is, but the house that's in front of his is my great grandmother. So he he was living in like a granny right. unit behind a right. house. So she lives. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he can stay close to the to Hartnell. Does she rent? Maybe I don't it's know a, how like they how owner. what their situation is, but I know that he just moved out, and we oh. probably have a few pieces of of his furniture in my house right now. Because he was. I do too. <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> yeah, he was like, just you know, take it. Like it's free. Like we're just gonna get rid of it. Yeah, he he gave me some. Uh, he gave my roommate a bookshelf. Gave yeah. me a yeah. Uh, a chair, and then he also gave me a couple spider plants that I've already basically murdered. So, yeah. well, where, do you, where, so where's he going? Sorry, do you know? John. <laughs> I mean, I hate, we're like cutting into John. Uh, he, uh-huh. he, I mean, what were they saying? Last I heard, right. he's a uh, in a balloon somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, he, oh, fuck, he's told me like a thousand times, to be honest, but. Uh, I'm gonna blame it on my pregnancy, mom no brain. Worries. I don't remember. I'm just curious. I don't I'm just curious. Some yeah, no big ups to that guy. Um, at some point, he's helped all yeah, of us. I'm sure. sure. Oh, 100, 100. I mean, it's oh that. Going back to what we were talking about about um, knowing people and not getting cast. I didn't get cast in shit this year. This this last season at Western Stage. So, <laughs> a shout out to John. <laughs> what the fuck? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, so, I mean, really, and it, you know, it goes back and forth. I've, I've had my woes with it this year because, you know, I went from them literally m- m- emailing me, asking me what roles I wanted. They're like, well, you've been here for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you want? You know? And I was like, well, this would be cool. This would be cool. This would be cool. And then I got cast as Kitty and Drowsy Chaperone, which I did not think they were going to cast me as, to be honest with you. Um, and then, you know, and then I was cast as a man. So I was like, oh, cool. They're like really like stretching me as an actor because I'm going from playing this like <laughs> super uh, high pitched voiced blonde chick in the 1920s to this man, <laughs> like, um, which was dope. <laughs> I love that. Like, it was, it was such a good year for me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, um, I can't remember if I, I think, I think John brought me the role of John Wesley Powell. He's like, I really want you to do this. Um, it's a dope show. Um, he didn't use that word, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think you'd be really into it because it's, you know, define gender roles and all this stuff. And I was like, at first I was like, Ugh, that sounds super lame. Uh, but I was like, yeah, sure, dude. Like, whatever you want me to do, like, I'm, I'm into it, you know? And so I think that's how I got that role. But um, like I said, this season, you know, I was, I did an audition. I was planning to, but we had just moved into the, to the apartment that I'm in right now. And I was so tired and hadn't prepared and I didn't go to the audition. And, um, oh, you know what? I did, I did audition for John Wesley Powell. I did. I remember it was right after Drowsy Chaperone and I just went in in my overalls and fucking stuffed my hand in my pants and did it. Nice. Um, (laughs) And I literally, I walked in and started the monologue and they were all like, what? (laughs) So that one, (laughs) that one, I had a lot of confidence in my back pocket for that one. But, um, anyway, uh yeah so i didn't audition and then you know i whined to my roommate several times about oh well, they didn't cast me and she's like well you didn't audition and that's totally fair like i you know you, you just gotta fucking you gotta show them what you got because even though john basically offered me john wesley powell uh 
I mean, he he offered me to be in the show, honestly. I don't even think he offered me John Wesley Powell. He just knew that I, he was like, I want you in the show. So when I went in and just like stuffed my hand in my pants and started the monologue, right, right when I walked in the door, they were like, oh, fuck yeah, that's our John. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it doesn't really have anything to do with, or even if they see you as something else and then you go in and you fucking bag the lead role, you know, you never yeah, know. Yeah, I was actually thinking like, you, you got to think about the point of view of the director sometimes too, because they probably have... Mm-hmm a few actors in mind for roles like you know they're have this show and then they're probably thinking like okay there's this role this role this role and i really actually picture uh nikki in this role you know like let's see how she does mm-hmm. and this and that you know so there's there's always that side to think about but you know as yeah. like like you say as an actor it's not always guarantee that because you've been there for yeah. so many years you're gonna get a role but maybe like if you put in Absolutely. so many years and you are doing like these little ensemble pieces, maybe one lead role here and like, you know, your your work is um, stacking up and casting directors or or directors are like, OK, I remember her in this show and she was really good. Let's push her and see if she can do this kind of thing, you know. So I think it comes down to that. 100. too. Definitely. I mean, even when I auditioned for Pack Rep, I auditioned for Heather's. That was the first show I ever auditioned for there um I never done anything else there and um so I didn't know anybody I mean I I don't even remember maybe Susie was the casting director at the time I really don't know but I feel like mostly it's it's up to the director in the end you know what I mean like the casting director would be like I think we should try these people and he's like I already have this person Mm -hmm. in mind but um yeah so I mean I I didn't know really anybody there at the time and I still got a lead so you never know you just never Mm -hmm. know I just got up there. I was well, hella mean and fucking got the nice. role. <laughs> Speaking of not knowing or never knowing, we're running up on uh, 36 minutes here. It's time to get into a segment that we do on every installment of the 1st and the 15th. My personal favorite segment, I'm talking about shitheads and do-gooders. What we do is we take one person from the news media, your personal life that has committed some evil, and we choose to shine a light on it. Then, to lighten the mood, we highlight the good that someone else has done. Hi, man. Would you like to go yes. first? So, I'm sure we've all heard about this stimulus check business. What the hell is going on? $600? I mean, I think they changed it by now. I don't know. They're going back and forth about, like, 2000 possibly now. But, like, who is doing, like, making these decisions where it's like, hey, you know what? You know what? How much is a PS5? That's, like, 500 bucks. How oh, much damn. Is okay, PS5? we got to consider taxes, too. So, just give them 600 you know, like, I don't know. It's not, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, there's like other countries that are like getting a lot more money and whatnot. And there's like other people who are like, they're like $600 for this many Americans. And the stimulus bill was this much money. So let's do the math here. Okay. Where's the rest of this money going? You know, like, I don't know. But I think. Um, I hate to burst your bubble, Jaime. Uh, They did vote on it in the Senate. Uh, The $2,000 bill did not not pass. Okay, but somebody... So, I was on Facebook, Uh and I know this isn't a news source. No worries, no worries. (laughs) Go ahead. But unfortunately, that's where I find most information of, like, what's happening to people personally. Mm -hmm. And somebody commented on this thread saying that they had a $1,200, you know, check pending in their account this morning. Hmm. So is it twelve hundred dollars? Is it two thousand dollars? Is it six hundred? I like I won't know or I won't believe it even until I see it in my bank Mm. account. To be honest, for real, honestly, what the fuck? What's going on here? I I think it's just, uh, there's a lot of things that we don't see happen behind closed doors, and I think this is just my opinion from like watching like House of Cards and stuff like that. (laughs) You know, is like they pass pass this bill. And they're only going to give us this much amount. But I think like other little companies or organizations or something or other is getting like the rest of this money, like low key. And I don't, I don't know, like they're trying to cover up their tracks or something. But like I said, I have no idea. I'm just like a little guy over here. Um, but really, I'll accept anything. But anyways, that's my shithead for the whoever's making these calls for us. Mitch McConnell. Whoever's the, the person, uh, I believe uh, Mitch oh, McConnell. Okay. He's he's had a he's had a lot of God a lot of hand it. in uh, doing that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say my shithead. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna oh. be the NFL, right? 
It's going to be the NFL. And I noticed last week yeah. I said I was done doing yep. sports-themed mm-hmm. shitheads, right? But it's 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 gotten kind of ridiculous with, with what their plan is for the season. They're having these people test positive, test negative a few times, and then throwing them back out on the field. It cannot be a good way to do this. Like, they're having people who have been, con- like, who've had contact with people mm-hmm. with COVID test they don't give a fuck about the incubation period. If you test negative three days in a row, you're back on the field. It doesn't matter how you're feeling in a week. Jesus. And a lot of players are starting to test positive. And I, I think the NFL is just praying that the playoffs Fast. come with uh, with enough players mm. healthy. Um, how did, but, yeah, I really, don't, I really don't fuck with the way they've been have conducting the, have the players the been saying anything about, like, well, at the beginning of the season, they were given uh-huh. the choice to, to sit that. out or mm-hmm. play. Uh, and so I think a lot of players are like, well, I said I would play. I see. And, yeah, it's it's just, uh, yeah, I really, I, I don't fuck with it. Uh, well, it's really just an excuse to keep the machine going. Right, I get you. How many weeks are left? Uh, they're in week 16 right now. So, like, one more week and they're in playoffs and, like, they're down to, like, half mm. the league. Um as far as teams left. Damn, well, hopefully, you know, that nothing serious happens. But, I mean, yeah. I'm starting to think, is this really, like, was sports really necessary? Was Did we really need you them back? You know what back? I think it was? Well, I think we needed sports for, like, our spirit, more like, our, our morale, like, the U.S.'s morale, if that's a thing. You know? Listen, I'm a Raiders fan. My morale is at rock bottom mm-hmm. levels, okay? <laughs> but imagine the whole year without any sports. Fine. I'm not saying, like, it was needed, it was necessary, but, like, just imagine. I'm just saying there'd probably be a lot less gatherings. Oh, good point. I don't know. Yeah. But, it's, I mean, it, I also it's a don't lot of... know anything about sports. <laughs> you drive through a Buffalo Wild Wings on a Sunday and tell me it's not packed. And, Anywhere in Salinas, but on really, Sunday, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to money. You know, like I'm sure, like the owners of these organizations are like, we need to get like something going. They're all talking to each other. They're talking to the commissioner, probably. You know, even even the commissioner of baseball was on the fence. You know, like he had to structure some sort of plan. You know, it was either no baseball or a shortened season. So it's like a lot of factors going to play. You know, as you know, brands as well, Doritos, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, they're probably like, well, this is like a big source of income. Are these big sporting events? Tostitos. True. I don't know. I'm just bagging on these companies. <laughs> Tostitos, he says. Tostitos. But yeah, that's my shithead. The NFL. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. bad for the players, even though they're Definitely. millionaires. Uh, Nikki, do you have a shithead? Y'all, the only shithead I can think about, I probably should not talk about on here. <laughs> it's like too personal. Can, can you be vague as hell? Uh oh. Or like. I can try, but I know Anthony's gonna get it right away. That's for sure. Uh. uh throw some subliminals. Oh man, I don't. I don't okay, want to be no a worries. dick ever. But yeah, it's kind of fun to be a dick sometimes. Right. I'll I'll say I'll say some really vague shit. Uh, all right. Well, my shithead then would have to be someone this person who moved who moved away, moved moved out of Salinas because they just needed to get away so bad because this place just doesn't offer anything and is now profiting off of Salinas by you know creating things with the name on it and making money off of that. And I think that's real fucked up. That's kind of. what is the word? Kind of a hypocrite? Kind of? <laughs> yeah, like, I like you it. That would be like, a word. You're like, fuck this place. Yeah. Nah, look at this. This place yeah. is chill. When you're not here anymore. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they necessarily felt that way. And, I, you know, I also, you know, I have my own thing where I'm like, I didn't grow, really grow up in Salinas. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Perndale. In Perndale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll say the, the outskirts That's of Salinas. That's the word we had for it. Pruntucky. Pruntucky, yeah, dude, they they literally had shirts at CVS in Prunedale that said Pruntucky on it. Yeah, are you I serious? Like, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I I don't have I uh, part of me feels like I don't have a lot of room to talk, but I've also been 
very involved in silliness since 2006, which I think is, you know, fair. Mm. Um, and I've lived here for years now. Uh, so, yeah, I think a lot of it is more me um, reflect, uh, what's it, projecting my own shit onto this situation. But also, like, am I? Because it's just like, it's just an annoying ass move. Like, oh, how cute. You're going to profit off this place you had to leave? Yeah. So badly. That's adorable. That's a, that's a good... I'm not going to say it wrong. There's definitely... You got, the, the reason is on your side, definitely. And that's a good word um, to use. Annoying. Okay. I can see that. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. Okay. And aside from... Uh, well, what Jaime... Uh, Jaime shithead thing was... I don't care about the NFL. I'm not going to lie. Um, but... <laughs> uh, that... I mean, that was pretty much... That's the only other thing I can think of that has been... Just little, like... Ugh. You know, the biggest... Okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, so. I, yeah, I, I understand. I definitely, yeah, mm. I'm with it. I know, um, I know. Selena's has its shit, you know. Like Selena's is Selena's, yeah. but I've I always, see. I've always loved this fucking town. So I'm like, you know, I feel very defensive of it. I, uh, I used to hate Selena's with quite a passion when I, in my younger years. Uh, my only thoughts Same. were to leave. But the older I get, the more beauty I find in it every day. It's, sure. it's crazy. I love, I fucking mm. love the city and it's I love growing. this area. And yeah. it took me going to LA to work for my uncle to realize how much I disliked um, not being in Salinas. Yeah, Salinas is—it's so special, and there's a lot of community here. Um, I'm not saying I'm gonna like live here forever. Right. I'm very much go with the flow. Like, if the wind's gonna take me somewhere else, then I'm gonna go right. with it. But um, yeah, just the negativity that was surrounded by that specific move for that person, mm. um, and then to see. Uh, literally all my friends posting these goddamn things that they're getting from this person is very... Mm. I'm like, I got you. Gross. Mm. They're dope, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I low-key want one. So <laughs> I'm going to go for it. <laughs> 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 Just not going to go there. Yeah. So, yeah. that's mine. Okay. <laughs> I love it, dude. I fucking love it. Um, let's lighten the mood, though. Let's move on to some do-gooders. Let's move on to some some good things that people have done. Let's not dwell on negativity. Jaime, would you like to go first? Who's brightened yes. your day? Um, mine's sports-related, baseball-related. I was actually just very, very surprised by this news. And I think well, my do-gooders are the San Diego Padres. Um, they're just making some like really good moves this offseason. They... I mean, this is, I mean, I'm sure you don't care about baseball, but they picked up, like, two <laughs> new pitchers, like, really good pitchers, okay? One of them from the Rays, Blake Snell, he was, he lost the World Series last year. He was the pitcher for, like, Game 7 or whatever. But anyways, Padres picked him up, and they also picked up Yu Darvish, a really excellent starting pitcher from the Cubs. And then the another new player but they're like stacking up like they're gonna be a serious competitor this next season the san diego padres look out for them they might win the world series next year so i'm predicting it anyways that's my do-gooder they just did some really good moves really smart unlike some other teams right now anyway some other teams he says um (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and uh Say my do-gooder is uh, people coming up with memes these days, honestly. Uh, I don't think they get enough credit, but memes provide some of the best comedy throughout my day. Anytime there's any subject that is sad or humiliating for someone, there's always a meme page there to turn it into a bite-sized little piece of comedy that I may ingest through Instagram. Um, so shout out to the meme memers. What's the latest the memers? One that you've <laughs> seen. Yeah. The latest meme that you can. Think um, of. unfortunately, it was about the Raiders being eliminated from the playoffs this last Sunday. Um, been a lot of hate going around, but you know what? Sometimes a little hate is good. Makes you wake up and say, "Hey, maybe I shouldn't have such a shitty team. Maybe I should work on my fucking defense. Maybe I should hire some coaches that know what they're doing." Um. But that's just me being salty. Yeah, no, I agree on the memes, man. There's been some a good meme lately. the The theme is like the guy standing in the corner at a party, and there's like two couples dancing, and then he's set, like the, the guy in the corner oh, says like, like I'm gonna go yeah, and he's smoke. like they don't know, and they can be whatever you know, like a bunch of different things. Like for example, I'm, I'm I can think of a one meme right now. That's the guy in the corner is like, um, Emperor Palpatine. 
and the two couples are like <laughs> the Jedi and then him saying like they don't know I'm a Sith Lord or something like that you know like that's a meme <laughs> But yeah, dude, I agree. There's been some really good memes, and I think they are underappreciated. And I think you know what? Oh, I know what. I'm not gonna say because it's a multi-billion-dollar idea, so I won't say it right now. But it has to do with memes. (laughs) A multi-billion-dollar idea. Uh, But anyway, ah man, unionized meme pages. (laughs) My okay. I know we're trying to steer from negativity, but. Allow me. Uh, I hate all those meme pages that you have to like. That are oh private. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! Yeah, dude. like why? Who you keep? You, you hit the nail <laughs> right on the head. I swear to God. It's so stressful. I already have fifteen hundred followers. Oh like, my... come on, man. Yeah. Let me just lurk. Let me <laughs> and, just. And seriously, lurk. Like, who are they trying to like keep away? Like, what's the point? I don't know. Of having a private. It's, it's... I thought the point was to spread it exactly. as far as possible. Because people want to know what's on there. So more people so are gonna dumb. follow request. It's so are the the whole like like for part oh two or follow God. this page for part oh two i'm like go no, fuck yourself yeah. I, ah man i want to get into that really quick but there was one video i saw it was like like for part two and then you get to the part two and then the guy's like uh get me a million followers and you'll get the full video part two and then yeah. i go to his page and he oh, and he only has yourself. 15 yeah. like fifteen thousand people following him and everyone's commenting there's no way you're getting a million. And everyone's like, I don't even care anymore. Like, what the heck? Yeah, and then you forget <laughs> yeah. about it. That's the thing. That's the problem that, that with that tactic is that, like, we are so, um, in, like, instantly gratified these yeah. days uh, that we, our attention span uh-huh. is short, dude. Like, <laughs> we forgot about that exactly. already. Like, we've moved on to the next Seriously, weird just keep, video. We just or, kept scrolling. You know. We just kept scrolling. Yeah, just follow kids getting hurt. That's, like, the best page, honestly. All right. All right. Kids getting hurt. Kids the getting soon-to-be mother. Or, or girls Says. getting hurt. There's another one, too. They're great. I love to watch people get hurt. Yeah. I, uh, I hate it when I get across a very juicy meme, one that's very share-worthy, and then you pull up the option to send it to, send it off to a couple of people, yes. and you get that little message right at the top, this user is private. I hate that. I hate that. Or somebody I want to send it to specifically. I mean, I could screenshot it. Yeah. But, it's man, just too much work. Most of same. my photos are in my screenshots. Ugh. On my phone. Like, that's taking up most of my fucking storage on my phone. Yeah. What the hell? That's right. That's well, I mean, uh, I really want to thank new Nikki for coming on and uh, sharing some of your wisdom and blessing us with your presence. Okay. Uh, it's been an absolutely wonderful time here. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was hella fun. For real. Uh, I'd like to thank my co-host, Mr. Jaime Vidhan. For uh, being the co-host that he has always been. Thank you so much. Um, I believe this is like 30-something episodes now. The end of the year. Um, I don't know what else to say. I think this has been really interesting. We've talked to a lot of people. A lot of interesting people. Learned a lot of things. Talked to a lot of comedians, actors, technicians, filmmakers. And hopefully next year we get to talk to some more. Um, if you haven't already, go follow us on our Instagram. At the first and the 15th underscore. That way you can watch and see all our episodes there. Or, you know, the link will be in the bio. But other than that, I think, you know, Anthony, you've done a great job hosting this show. Trying to get these people on. Like I said, uh, Anthony's the bread. I am the butter. And uh, I think that's it. Enjoy your, your New Year's Eve. Make sure you're safe. And uh, we'll see you next year. Absolutely. Big thanks again to Nikki Moon for coming on. Uh, always a pleasure. We'll be glad to have you on anytime you're down. Uh, good luck yeah, with I Parenthood. I know you're going to knock it right out of the park. Uh, <laughs> really quick, any, yeah, any baby dude. names? Yeehaw. Any baby names? Uh, we we have a few on the table. I, I don't want to share them publicly uh-huh. because oh, okay. only because no we, um, we're probably going to change it a thousand more times. Mm. But I will say that the middle name will be Moon. Got it. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Got to keep that Hell moon yeah, in there. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. My name is Anthony Barrera. This has been the 1st and the 15th. We want to thank you all for listening to the final episode of 2020. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. Have a Bye. great one.
Thank you.